Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every single part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw, with me as always is a small splash of whiskey and a huge desire to look 
on the light side of the force. We have a couple of great grievances, things that make people upset about Star Wars that I will attempt to make them and you, all the lovely listeners, feel a little better about. But first, I wanted to give a quick shout out to MakingStarWars.net. They did an interview with me, a lovely gentleman named John Bishop did an interview with me about my uh, role as a Star Wars podcaster and mostly about my prequel feelings. As listeners to Force Center Podcast Feed know, I have prequel feelings. I'm always happy to share my feelings. Now, I don't expect anyone to absolutely 100% agree with me about the prequels. I just like to share what I think and my path toward finding some joy in what I think are some flawed movies. I was very happy that I only got a little bit of pushback. One person that I don't know tweeted at me and was angry with me for trying to trick people into thinking the prequels are good, and I just kind of don't understand that perspective. If you don't like something, that's fine. But why would it bother you that I do enjoy it? It is a mystery of life, and one I will continue to explore here on Star Wars Counseling. So go check out that article. Like I said, it's on makingstarwars.net, and you decide for yourself how you feel about the prequels. As Obi-Wan Kenobi said, you must do what you feel is right, of course. While you're there on makingstarwars.net, be sure to look up the interviews that were conducted with Jennifer Landa and Ken Knapsack. They have the triumvirate of Force Center team interviews up there on makingstarwars.net, so go check those out. And now, on to our grievances. As always, I do two grievances. I address two grievances sent in by listeners to the podcast. You get to decide, following this grievance rule of two, which grievance is the master and which grievance is the apprentice. Our first grievance, grievance number one, is all about adopting Luke. Mark Gambles wrote in on our Facebook page, our Force Center Facebook page, and said, why do Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew take in the baby Luke at the end of episode three? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Three question marks. That's a little hint. If you really want me to address your Star Wars grievance here on Star Wars Counseling, add as many question marks as you possibly can. Mark continues. Think about it. A stranger riding through the desert just dumps a baby on them who, according to the stranger, is the child of the weirdo half-brother with anger issues who stayed with them for a couple of days a few years ago who brought his girlfriend along, went missing for a night, and brought Owen's stepmom's corpse back, buried her in the front yard, stole their droid, and flew off. An impressive summary of the action of Attack of the Clones there, Mark. Mark concludes this impressive rant with, Did Obi-Wan bring along Luke's birth certificate in DNA results? Now, Mark does not actually write this, but I feel like I should conclude this grievance with the words, I mean, come on! It is so implied in Mark's great grievance. So let's get into this. Mark, I agree with you that the idea that Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew are Luke's family is a bit convoluted. There's a bit of a path to get there. Now, I don't want to disrespect that because as we know in Star Wars, found family is a big theme. So the fact that their connection to him is tenuous at best doesn't mean that they can't be a great family for him and that they weren't ultimately good surrogate parents or just plain old parents. But it is 
convoluted. So I want to start from the approach of why did Yoda and Obi-Wan decide to bring young baby Luke to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in the first place? And then we will get more into the nitty gritty of why did Owen and Beru accept surprise baby from Strange Man? So as we know, because we have all memorized Revenge of the Sith, Yoda brings up the idea that Luke should go live with his family. Basically, Yoda does indeed say, hey, Obi-Wan, why don't you take him to his dead grandmother's husband's son? He'll be happy there with his father's stepbrother and girlfriend. I was originally going to try to say all of that in Yoda's kind of backward speak, but then my brain just slid out of my ear thinking about it. That's, it's not going to happen. So why did Yoda think it was a good idea to send Luke to this couple? I think it is a great flip on how the Jedi normally worked. Now, as we know from the prequels, the Jedi would normally take kids with the family's permission and give them a new home as part of the Jedi Order and system. And the Jedi Order would become a kind of found family, but that does still mean that they are taking the child away from its family of birth. We also know that at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda has failed. He feels the Jedi Order has failed, perhaps by just being too dogmatic, too stuck in its ways. So it's fascinating to me that Yoda's first instinct, his first decision after the collapse of the Jedi Order is to do something opposite from the way the Jedi Order used to do it. Yoda's first instinct is to put Luke with the closest thing he has to a family. And even with Leia, there is an emphasis on family. Bale isn't just offering to protect Leia or to hide Leia. He clearly states that he and his wife Bria have always wanted to adopt a child. So assuming that in Yoda's mind, and Obi-Wan is just kind of going along with it, that family is important, what other options did Yoda have? Who else could have been tasked with uh, protecting, raising Luke? Well, Obi-Wan or Yoda could have kept the kids themselves, both Luke and Leia, but I do like the idea that A, they thought this was too dangerous, they didn't know exactly what life was going to be like for Jedi in hiding, were they going to have to come out of hiding and fight, were the Sith more easily going to be able to find them because of their big force signatures, you know what I mean. And even if they thought, Yoda and Obi-Wan, that they were safe from the Sith in hiding and they decided to each take a twin like you do, I also like the idea that they wanted to wait. They wanted to listen to the will of the Force. They had done things their own dogmatic Jedi way for centuries, and it didn't work out. And they just wanted to wait and see what the Force wanted. What was the right time for these new hopes to emerge? They did not want to immediately go hide on planets and start training these kids to be dad killers immediately. They just wanted to say, hey, wait, let's give this a shot. So, Yoda and Obi-Wan can't take the twins. Ahsoka Tano, that would have been a really interesting choice to leave Luke or Leia or Luke and Leia with Ahsoka Tano. Obviously, the real-world answer to why the twins were not left with Ahsoka is that George Lucas uh, had no idea that Ahsoka existed. But also, Yoda and Obi-Wan had no idea where she was, and to be fair, they had kind of been big old jerks to her. That had been another failing of the Jedi Order, and it was important to them in the hiding process to split the twins up. So they still needed at least two people. 
Now, if they really cared about family, if family was on the forefront of Yoda's mind, they maybe could have left Luke or Leia with, you know, Padme's family, you know, their mom. Now, there is stuff in Legends, uh, I guess at some point, I looked this up on Wikipedia, where Leia has a conversation with the surviving Nibiri house members about the secret marriage between Padme and Anakin and the fact that they did indeed uh, have some more relatives that they didn't know about. But there is nothing about this in modern canon, so we are left with juicy, open speculation opportunities. To paraphrase the investigation of Richard Nixon, how much did the Nambiris know and when did they know it? So they, or someone else, knew that Padme was no longer pregnant after her death because someone faked Padme's pregnancy at the end of Revenge of the Sith so that Palpatine and Vader himself would not suspect that she had actually given birth to the children. So someone, somehow, involved with the funeral of Padme, knew that she wasn't pregnant anymore. Uh, But I guess nobody asked, so where are the babies? Or maybe Yoda and Obi-Wan told them in new canon? Who knows? All I know is this is a damn juicy, interesting story to tell someday, and I would like to read that book. Perhaps it could be called What the Actual Hell, the story of House Nibiri. And if they never did actually know that Padme gave birth, and it was maybe Jar Jar, who faked the pregnancy. Maybe there is someone in canon who did fake the pregnancy, and I don't know. That is always possible. I imagine the poor Nibiris finding out, we we have, like, relatives? Now, putting aside my pity for the house Nibiri, it also seems dangerous to hide the kids on Naboo, which is the planet that Palpatine Darth Sidious is actually from. It is also possible that maybe Yoda and Obi-Wan just didn't want Luke growing up around people with weird names. Here are the actual names that Luke Skywalker would have grown up around. He would have learned to know his grandparents, Rui and Jobal, his aunt Sola and his cousins, Ryu and Pooja. Maybe Yoda and Obi-Wan just took a look at those names and said, nope. More on weird Star Wars names in our next grievance. So at this point... The child, Luke Skywalker, assuming like, great, we got Leia sorted, Leia's going with Bail, that all seems good. At this point, Luke is like that bomb that Batman is trying to get rid of in the old 1960s Batman movie. It's gotta go somewhere, and some days, you just can't get rid of a Force-sensitive baby. So those are some thoughts on why Obi-Wan and Yoda would indeed decide to bring Luke to Owen and Beru in the first place, and now we are ready to answer Mark's actual question... Why would Owen and Beru take him? And I think the answer, it's simple. It's not often that my main answer to a Star Wars grievance is one word, but it is this time. And my one word is Shmi. Look, Shmi is, is awesome. She is uh, kind and loving and supportive, and she actually spent a decent amount of time around young Owen. Owen probably loved her and cared about her very much. Luke is her grandson. Why would Owen not want to take care of Shmi's grandson? And also, Shmi probably spent a lot of time puttering around the house, making blue milk, and telling them all of these wonderful stories about her young, kind, 
precocious son, Anakin, who went off to become a Jedi, to become a guardian of peace and justice in the galaxy. She probably painted a great picture of how awesome Anakin was as a child. And then, Owen and Brew, they meet this moody, droid-stealing, dangerous guy. And maybe when Obi-Wan showed up on their doorstep, on their farmstead step, with young baby Luke Skywalker... Owen and Beru thought to themselves, Look, Anakin apparently started out so great when he had the wonderful guidance of Shmi. Maybe, maybe we can bring out some of that kindness, some of that uh, brilliance and creativity that Anakin displayed. We can bring that out in Luke if we raise him here on our farm. So that is my sincere counseling on why Owen and Beru would accept Luke mainly because he is Shmi's grandson. Now, in a little bit more of a comedy perspective, it is possible that Shmi also told them, hey, Anakin is really good with mechanical stuff. You got a problem with your moisture evaporator? Anakin could have fixed that. And maybe Owen and Brew thought selfishly, this kid's going to be good for the farm. We can put this little guy to work the second he can walk. He's going to be out there on the South Ridge fixing condensers, or there's going to be hell to pay. Now, Mark also makes the very, very good point of why would they believe Obi-Wan? They've never met Obi-Wan. It's not like they had that long of a time for Anakin, with Anakin, uh, to chat about Obi-Wan. So who is this guy? Now, apparently it is in canon, I believe it is in a comic book, according to Wikipedia, that Obi-Wan called first. And that makes it a little bit better. So it's not just, I'm a stranger at your door. It's more, I'm a stranger on your hollow vid first, saying, hey, here's the deal. Apparently, Obi-Wan told them Anakin died, which is true from Obi-Wan Kenobi's point of view, as we well know. Got a little problem. He had a son. Would you mind taking him? So I don't know if that helps you at all, Mark, in your understanding, in your grievance, if you accept that Obi-Wan called first. I know for me, I have a strict, almost pedantic list of ways in which I want to be given information. The first starts email. Then if you can't email, I guess you can text. Then if you can't text, I guess maybe a Twitter DM. If you can't Twitter DM, maybe a Facebook message. If you can't Facebook message, maybe call me on the phone. Don't ever FaceTime me. Don't FaceTime me. Maybe call me on the phone. And then all the way at the bottom is just show up at my door. So at least Obi-Wan Kenobi was respectful enough to call ahead and say, I'm giving you a baby whether you like it or not. So they had some warning. They had some time to talk it through. They had some time to say, maybe we can raise him better. Maybe he'll be good at fixing things. But why, to Mark's question, why did they believe Obi-Wan? Why did they trust him? I think the answer is just, they're trusting people. They are nice, calm, farm folk. And also, What reason does Obi-Wan have to lie? Why? If it is true, if everything that Obi-Wan told them is true, if Anakin really did die, he left behind a son, the galaxy is not a safe place for Force-sensitive babies, why? Would would Obi-Wan just, like, go to the star chart room of the Jedi Temple and, like, spin the galaxy, and then wherever his finger lands, he's like, ah, this is a remote planet, I'm going to pick two randos here, and I'm going to bring them a baby. I think they understand that Obi-Wan picked them for a reason, that this relationship is true. 
that this connection that they have to this child, that this child is Shmi's grandson, is true. Because it is more preposterous that Obi-Wan would make it up. I prefer to think, in the spirit of Star Wars, a story about family and fate and destiny, that they looked at this child and they just sensed, yes, he belongs with us. Yes, we can give him a good home. I like that story better than imagining them saying, hmm, I don't know. Can you show us a hollow vid of Padme actually giving birth? I think it is a better Star Wars story that Yoda wanted to correct possibly an error of the Jedi and put more focus on attachment and on the value of family, on the value of connections, and return this child to the closest thing he had to a family besides Padme's family. Sorry, Padme's family. And then Owen and Brew, in a spirit of love to their own adopted family member, Shmi Skywalker, they took this child into their family, into their farmstead, with open arms, open heart, and then said, but Obi-Wan, get the F out of here. Don't come anywhere near us. Stay away. So I think it is a peaceful, lovely story of family acceptance and then telling the old wizard to F off. And that is my Star Wars counseling for Grievance One, sent in by Mark Gambles on Facebook. Mark, I hope that made you feel a little bit better about your Star Wars grievance. And now I get a reward, a little sip of whiskey. And on to grievance number two. Grievance number two is about a name, a savage name. A name that bothers many Star Wars fans, but in particular, it bothered Twitter user at Taquito Pancakes, Sarah the Wizard, with two Zs. Sarah sent in a veritable force storm of tweets. Here is everything Sarah had to say in multiple tweets. She didn't even label it thread. She was so upset. Here is what Sarah said. Why is Savage Oppressed named Savage Oppressed? All caps. Not even a question mark, a period. This question doesn't even deserve a question mark. It is so strongly stated as a question that it just, it speaks for itself. That's why it needs a period, not a question mark. Sarah continues. It's like the writers were all, how can we indicate that this scary horned man is a super bad guy? I'm running out of naming ideas. Sarah continues in another tweet. Oh, I know. Let's name him Savage, but pronounce it Savage. And let's lob a P off of Oppress because he's all caps super bad. Finally, Sarah concludes her impressive tweet storm with, I know it's only a children's show, but children deserve better. Think of the children. Hashtag Savage Oppress. Now this one is fun. This is delightful. This is a wonderful Star Wars grievance for me to look into, think about, and tackle. I think this is definitely one of those grievances where you just have to embrace a part of the joy of Star Wars is absurd, sometimes goony humor. And personally, I think it goes all the way back to the original film. In A New Hope, Chewie growls at the mouse droid, and it makes a little noise, and it turns and goes racing the other way, and then Chewie does a little laugh with his shoulders and his face, and it's delightful. It's a little goony, but I find it delightful. Again, my opinion. And as that mouse droid turns and races away, it leads us down a path of slightly goony humor that inevitably leads to don't choke on your aspirations 
and Savage oppress. It's just a part of Star Wars. A sense of humor that comes, I think, directly from George Lucas is just a part of it. Now, of course, I'm not just saying, oh, I, I can just be zen about any Star Wars humor. People who've been listening to Force Center for a long time know my least favorite thing about the prequels is, oh, that's gonna hurt. I don't care what universe you're from. There are parts of Star Wars humor that I don't like, but I do my best to try to embrace them. Partially because it's the delightful contrast of Star Wars. I think Star Wars contains incredibly deep and profound ideas about life and death and morality. And also, there's a guy named Orn Frita because that's how one of Lucas's kids said corn fritters. Now, particularly with the bad guys having super bad-sounding names, I think that goes back to Lucas enjoying serials and B-movies. Look, he likes the big themes of Star Wars. He likes the poetry. He likes Joseph Campbell's myth theory. But he also likes Flash Gordon. And that guy's name is Flash. And the stories of Flash Gordon feature characters named Zarkov, Ming the Merciless, Prince Voltan. These things that are mired in classic B-movie, serial, pulp magazine tropes. If someone is evil... Their name is damn well going to contain a V or an S. How else do you know they're evil if there's not a V and S in there? Now, admittedly, uh, Zarkov or Voltan is not as extreme as Savage Opress, but it is the beginning of the path that leads us to Mr. Savage Opress. Now, that is all sort of real-world stuff. That's all real-world counseling. Let's dive into canon, into the actual Star Wars galaxy. Where does Savage Opress come from. Like, literally, where does he come from? He is a knight brother from Dathomir. Now, what are the names of his fellow Dathomirian knight brothers? I could find three in canon that for sure these are names of knight brothers. You have Maul, Feral, and Viscous. Viscous. Clearly, this is a culture that gives people names that were rejected as too over-the-top by 80s heavy metal hair bands. I believe there are many other Knight Brothers that we will hopefully meet someday who have names that are just as, if not more, over-the-top. There are Knight Brothers who have names like Stab, Lacerator, Musk Stallion, Vandalism, Slayathon. Maybe there is one that is just named Satan. But it's pronounced Satan. I can't wait for that book or comic book to come out. So while to our ears, Savage Opress might be the greatest offender in terms of over-the-top villain names, he does have the coolest name in his own culture. The most vicious. The most over-the-top. Oh, is your name Viscous? Does it sound like somebody is describing the kind of oil you put in your car? Cool. My name is Savage Opress. So we've established that Savage Opress is, is not alone among his brothers in the quality of his name. But let's compare that with the women from Dathomir, the Night Sisters, led by Mother Talzin, actual mother of Maul, Mother Talzin. Then, of course, there's Asajj Ventress, a great villain name that follows the rule of V and S and adds two J's, but isn't too much. There was another night sister named Talia, 
That's great. That's reasonable. In the mobile video game Star Wars Uprising, there was another Knight Sister named Shelish or Shellish, maybe. Either way, you got some S's in there, so you know it might be evil, but not over the top. So I think we can agree. Mother Talzin, Asajj Ventress, Talia, Shalish, those names are all better and cooler than the Knight Brothers' names. Now, we know Dathomir was a matriarchal society. According to Wikipedia, and I quote, the Knight Brothers' only use was to serve the sisters as servants and breeders. Well, here on Star Wars Counseling, I am arguing that there is another way the Knight Brothers served the Knight Sisters. Comedy. I believe the Knight Sisters gave their brothers dumb, super evil names so they could have a laugh. Just picture it. Imagine the Knight Sisters in their dark fortress, summoning their unspeakable magics, maybe drinking some nice wine made of the blood of some creature, and then they are just sitting around and asking one another, so what did you name the new Knight Brother? Oh, <laughs> I named this one Cleaver. Oh, oh, I can top that one. I named the new Knight Brother Rip Torn. He thinks it sounds really badass, but technically, it's just dumb. It's rip-torn. Anyway, that is some counseling on why Lucas indulged in over-the-top names and some headcanon on why the Knight Brothers might have such over-the-top names. But I am still not addressing Sarah's main question, the big one. Why Savage? Why not just name him Savage? Maul's name is Maul, not Mahoul. Feral is just feral, not feral. So why did they do this to Savage? Why did they do this to us? Here's my in-story headcanon. I believe he was named Savage, because why wouldn't they? He's named Savage. And then his brothers, his knight brothers, told him, you know, people will take you more seriously if you pronounced your name with like a posh, coruscant accent. So he did this to himself. He changed his name out of insecurity to Savage. That is my in-story headcanon. My real-world headcanon, I think George Lucas or Dave Filoni, I don't honestly know which one of them gave Savage his name, I think, much like J.J. Abrams, they are huge fans of the Beastie Boys song Sabotage and just wanted it to rhyme. Sabotage. Savage. Listen, all y'all, it's a savage oppress. Anyway, Sarah, I hope that gave you uh, some things to think about, maybe make you feel better about the real-world reasons of why George Lucas is invested in super bad, bad guy names and how he took it this far this time, and some actual headcanon in story for why he might be named Sauvage Opress. And there you have it, a tale of two lost Force-sensitive children, Luke Skywalker and Savage Opress. At least one of their mothers loved them enough to give them a cool name. And those are two Star Wars grievances addressed right here on Star Wars Counseling. As always, if you have grievances, and we have a lot, I have collected a lot, got a lot of great ones piled up. If at any point I run dry, I will put out a specific call for Star Wars grievances. Obviously, as new things come out, I will ask for The Last Jedi specific grievances and things like that. But in the meantime, 
any old time, feel free to send me your Star Wars grievance. Not just logic flaws, but things that eat at your very soul. Something you can't digest like a bounty hunter in a sarlacc. Let me know why it bothers you. You can do all of that using the hashtag SWCounseling. We release an episode every other Friday. We have a couple of live Star Wars counseling episodes coming up. I will be a guest at the convention Convergence in Minnesota. I will be doing a live episode of Star Wars Counseling at 11.30 on a Saturday night. So it's going to get dark and serious and hopefully fun and funny as well. I'm also a guest at Dragon Con that's going to happen in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend. And we'll be doing a live episode of Star Wars Counseling there as well. So there is much more to come. You can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can download the app known as Anchor and check out my station Headcanon where I talk about pop culture of all kinds and my other podcast Obsessed all about people who are super super into things. You can get links to all of those things on my website at josephscrimshot.com You can also like Force Center itself on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Force Center Pod. You can also support Force Center's new Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. Our current goal that we are working toward is new theme music for all the shows Currently, our theme music is fun and good, but it is generic. It is not unique to us. So someday, you will probably hear it on a deodorant commercial, and we do not want that. So uh, we're working toward the goal of getting new, unique theme music for all of our shows. It will still be in the spirit of the theme music that you know and love, and there will be some special musical surprises as well. So check us out on Patreon.com. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, uh, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one, that's it for Star Wars Counseling. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.